Paul calls us to endure hardships the way that good soldiers do. January 23rd, 2021. You probably remember reports of soldiers from the National Guard being commanded to sleep outside in a parking garage in Washington, D.C. Now, many were outraged by the treatment that was given to our soldiers after the 2021 inaugural ceremony. And I imagine that the weather was probably not too horribly different from what it is we've been experiencing the past couple of weeks in Ohio. Nonetheless, the troops prevailed, they braved the cold, and they followed their commands. You see, when you are a soldier, your preferences, your desires, your opinions do not matter. You are a soldier. There is a chain of command and your officers are experienced people who have been entrusted with your service, your safety, and whatever missions you've been assigned to carry out. Now, one of the most fascinating military units of all time would be the Spartans. When I was in college, the movie 300 came out. And yes, it was historically inaccurate. And yes, the action and the violence was over the top. And yes, the people and the creatures were far more fantastical than what they were as recorded by history. But boy, was it ever a quote-worthy movie. If I had to choose one quote to sum up the entirety of the movie, it would be the one that King Leonidas shared with the Persian messenger at the very beginning. Um, the messenger told Leonidas that his defiance towards King Xerxes was blasphemy and madness. And King Leonidas' response was, Madness? This is Sparta! Sparta, the city-state from which the Spartans originated in Greece. It did not have walls. They said that each person in their city was a brick in their wall. The men trained to become soldiers ever since boyhood, and they were deprived of what we would consider to be some of the most basic necessities until they were teenagers. They were raised in the citadel. The intention was that when battle came their way, their instincts would kick in and combat would be as natural as breathing or blinking to them. The most defining aspect of Spartan life would be their discipline. Former head coach of the Ohio State University and uh, Olympic silver medalist Russ Hellickson once said that discipline is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. <laughs> In 2 Timothy 2.3, when we read Paul's words with this understanding, it becomes very clear to us that Paul is talking about discipline. Nobody wants to endure hardship, and yet, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to endure it. Now, it is easier to tuck tail and to run. In fact, uh, we had already spoken about Phygelus and Hermogenes, two people who were Paul's companions that, that left him in his time of need. Paul, however, did not tuck tail and run. Instead, he doubled down on his efforts, not allowing the threats of suffering and death 
to discourage him. Now, maybe you can't relate to the idea of being a soldier, but fortunately, Paul, inside of the passages that we are looking at today, uh, he goes on to use another illustration, and that is one of an athlete. So being an athlete, athletes have one goal, and that is to win. They have a specific competition that they compete in, and their aim is to be the very best at this competition. Now what's fascinating is that the physical education program inside the United States was actually designed to train people to be physically fit to be able to go to war. In fact, the physical education program was instated shortly after the Civil War to make sure that the soldiers in upcoming wars, uh, future wars, would be strong, would be robust, would be able to handle the stress on their bodies and minds uh, when the time came. But when they were put to the test, one-third of the recruits in World War I were deemed physically unfit for combat. So immediately after that, legislation was proposed to improve the rigor of the physical education program in America. But physical fitness is not actually the point of the Apostle Paul in this verse. Uh, it's, just, it's just something to help us to get an idea of what we are to expect, what we are to endure. He said that athletes do not receive the crown unless they compete according to the rules. So what do the rules have to do with this? Well, when I think of rules and competition, I, I think to myself that a mile run cannot be like the video game Mario Kart, where you're able to utilize weapons to get rid of your competitors. If it is basketball, you can't just pick up the ball and not dribble and run all the way to the other hoop. When it comes to baseball, you have to chop your bat after you hit the ball. You can't throw it at somebody. You can't, you can't run with it from base to base, threatening the people who might tag you out. There are rules to competition, and if you don't abide by these things, you get disqualified. So in sports, there are rules. In war, there are rules. And these rules direct competitors towards victory. As victory, of course, is the ultimate goal. In the Christian walk, we go against the rules of the world and instead follow the directives of Jesus. Few examples display this as effectively as World War II medic Desmond Doss. The irony about this soldier was that he was a conscientious objector. He was against war, and yet here he was, putting on a military uniform and going off to one of the biggest wars of all time. He was a Christian. He refused to carry a firearm of any sort into combat. Now, our minds immediately think, well, people are going to be shooting at you, and you need to be able to defend yourself. But Doss's focus was not on taking lives, but rather on saving lives. As you can imagine, he faced a lot of scrutiny from his peers. That is, until he proved his worth in combat. He became a decorated war hero, two-time Bronze Star Medal recipient, and recognized with the highest military award, the Medal of Honor, rescuing 75 people in the Battle of Okinawa. 
I mean, my mind also goes to this person named Clara Barton. She was one of the first women in American history to go onto the battlefield to care for wounded soldiers. She served in 1861 during the Civil War and earned the nickname the Angel of the Battlefield. Aside from caring for wounded soldiers, she opened the office of missing soldiers and reconnected 20,000 soldiers with their families. These are counterintuitive actions in a brutal profession. That is the life of the Christian. A counterintuitive life in a brutal world. Let's wrap this up. I know that I would normally close out a message like this by saying to practice the spiritual disciplines. In other words, read your Bible, pray, share in fellowship. These disciplines are good, but they're not what I'm talking about today, and I don't believe that they are what Paul is addressing in his letter to Timothy. He is talking about living a life against the grain. Against the grain can be painful. It means that you meet resistance and friction. I can't think of a better place to learn about living an against-the-grain life than Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. At its conclusion, Jesus said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. In his great sermon, Jesus taught that we should be pure, not just in our actions, but also in our minds. When evil attacks you, turn the other cheek. Love your enemies and pray for them. Seek God with your whole heart and do as he commands and you will be rewarded with eternal life and eternal rewards. The Apostle Paul affirms this with one last illustration. In 2 Timothy 2.6, Paul wrote, The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. We do not fear looking like fools in the eyes of the world. We do not serve a worldly master. The kingdom we belong to is elsewhere. And our king rewards us for serving him faithfully. I'd like to thank you for joining us for today's message. Again, my name is Bill Sang. You can join us at Faith Presbyterian Church at 1030 on Sunday mornings. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.